Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to my show, the Ryan Tony Blogs Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Anthony, and today, for today's podcast, I wanted to talk about mental health and my experience of being a religious, you know, trying to follow God and the darkness that actually came from making that decision. Well, it's actually deeper than that because there was a lot of good and there was a lot of bad and it gets all mixed up and it creates this weird one-eyed monster. And I'm going to try to break it down in this podcast uh, layer by layer. But in this particular episode, I just wanted to focus on um, mental health. So we're barely in the beginning of the year 2022 and we've already lost... Um, one cool comedian, um, Bob Saget. I used to uh, love watching his show uh, as a kid. You know, I would come home from uh, school in Bellflower. I used to go to uh, St. Dominic Savio. I'd come home, have my Hot Pocket, and then maybe uh, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and then, you know, I'd wait for, uh, what was that show? Family, uh, not Family Matters. <laughs> Full House. I watched Full House, and then after that, you know, I'd wait a little bit more, and then later on, there'd be uh, what was that other show? America's Funniest Home Videos, and I used to uh, enjoy enjoy those days when I could come home and you know eat hot pockets. I don't eat hot pockets anymore, you know. Now I have money, you know, you know, just buy myself a whole a whole damn pizza. But um, I used to enjoy you know getting a good laugh and. Uh, hearing his corny, corny commentating to uh, the videos that people will send in, but it would still it would it would give me a laugh and it would give me a good smile. And I would also watch other shows. And I think I mentioned before, uh, Family Matters. That was another awesome show from from my childhood. And then I would watch uh, what was that other one uh, with Will Smith. Uh, you know what it is. Um, dang. Uh, oh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That was another show that I would, I would love to watch. And you might be thinking, why the hell is <laughs> is Ryan talking about uh, shows and his childhood? And the the reason why is I'm trying to help you, the listener, understand that I lived a normal life. You know, going to Catholic school. Um, you know, and then from St. Dominic Savio, I went to St. John Bosco. Uh, I was, I was doing good in, in language classes. I was taking AP French. I was, I was going to be taking AP Spanish and I had all these goals. And one of my goals and dreams was actually to be a writer and, you know, to probably be in, in, uh, in media, but, um, something happened where my life took a little turn and that was uh i remember it was in nebraska so in nebraska there was this religious group it's still kind of new and they were having this conference for young adults to help them to understand more uh the catholic faith help them to uh, learn more about the beauty of like the sacraments and prayer and meditation. So it it was it was pretty cool. I actually really enjoyed it, and 
it was a fun experience, especially at that age. And one of the priests, he came up to me and he said, God is calling you. You need to be a priest. You're going to be a priest. And I I looked and like, are, are you talking to me? And he said, yes, I'm talking to you. God's calling you. Are you going to join? And just like that, I decided, okay, well, if God's calling me, then who am I? Who am I to um, to say no? So I went back home to Los Angeles, actually, to just you know fix things up and uh, say my goodbyes. And there were so many tears, and it, it was hard. But um, I was convinced that God had been God had been truly calling me. So I left everything. I remember. Um, giving hugs to my brother Carlos, uh, to um, my mom, my dad, to my my cousins, especially to uh, give a, I'm going to give a little shout out to my cousin, uh, Mauricio. He was uh, actually my sponsor <laughs> and um, for confirmation. But he was always uh, very supportive and uh, it was, it was a great, it was a, a great time, you know, showing my family that, hey, I'm going to be praying for y'all and I'm going to uh, serve the church and help people. And this is what I want to do. So I left Los Angeles. I left a good life. I left um, I left the boxing scene with my uh, brother, Carlos, since he was, you know, he was or he was in boxing at that time. So I I left so much, but for me it was it was a gain because I was following Christ. But I want to I want to actually talk about you know just for a moment that priest who I was uh, telling y'all the the one who who told me that I had a vocation. So the thing about this priest, and I'm not going to mention his name, but I'm pretty sure. If you if you were there, you would know. So all I all I invite you to do if you know him is you know pray for him and I'm not trying to speak ill of anybody, but I just want my story to uh, come out as truthfully as as I can say it. Um, well, this this priest to give you a little back, background about him. Everyone put him on a pedestal. He was the most holy. He could read souls. He was close to God. He could cast out demons. He was an exorcist. He was a reader of hearts, a reader of souls. If you went to confession and you were hiding something, people would say that he could read your sins. And I don't know how truthful that is. He never did any of that stuff to me. He just told me, hey, I have a that I have a vocation. But I just want you, the listener, to understand how um holy this guy was perceived to be. You know, if he were to say something, you know, it's like you have to do it because oh, he's he's the holy father, you know, he's the holy guy, so you gotta do it because he's so close to God. And if you don't listen to him, then you're making a big mistake. So anyways, you know, him telling me that I have a vocation, that seemed 
that seemed legit because he's a holy guy. So who the heck am I to question? So I I left Los Angeles and I started my new journey uh, going to the East Coast. And I remember leaving that plane or leaving that airport and, you know, waving goodbye to my parents and to my family. And I remember being on that plane with the biggest smile on my face, ready to serve and love the Lord. And there was just so much joy. Now I'm going to fast forward 11 years later when I came back home. And when I arrived from the airport and my parents picked me up, you can imagine, you know, them not seeing me for pretty much 11 years. There was so much excitement, so much joy, so much pride. And, you know, they came in to hug me and to kiss me. And those smiles that they had, and I'm as I'm talking to, to you, the listeners, I'm I'm still remembering those smiles and that joy. That joy didn't last long. I'll tell you that. That joy didn't last long because I had been so messed up by what happened to me. Um, and I want you I want you the listeners to know that I'm not gonna bullshit any of you. And I wanna be um authentic and I wanna be real. And a lot of people they've told me, oh, you know, like don't, you know, you shouldn't talk about that or or maybe that, you know, those things didn't happen. Um kind of like they're gaslighting my experiences as if they never happened and watering it down. But uh no, these are my experiences. And I am tired of of being silenced by you know my fears my fears of offending people my fears of you know what will community members from this uh group what will they think you know and they they told me hey you need to be quiet about this and I can't I can't be quiet about this because I've seen how I have suffered. I've seen how so many others have suffered from trauma, from pain, from that separation. And I don't want to be quiet anymore. I want to bring hope to people. And I know that there are some parents who perhaps were like my parents who don't understand why is my son or daughter, why are they so uh, like negative? So going back to my parents, they started off being so happy that I was there, but then quick, quickly those smiles turned into frowns because I didn't want to go to church. I couldn't pray. I didn't want to um, leave my room. I would just be in bed sleeping all day for hours, for days. I had myself locked up. Um, I would be in darkness. I'd be in the corner and I couldn't talk to anybody. That's how my life was. And I'm not really getting into the details of what happened exactly just yet. But I I want the, the listeners to kind of feel like my parents did. You know, hey, here's this young kid who 
who left to uh, follow follow God, you know, he was so happy, so full of joy. And then when we pick him up from the airport, you know, on on his return, eleven years later, he's full of darkness. He's full of anger, uh, bitterness. Uh, I was saying a lot of bad words. Um, I started drinking a lot, and I started um, I started you know isolating myself, and I I didn't know how to reach out. I didn't know how to trust people anymore. And for my parents, that was I think that was one of the hardest things. Sorry, I remember my parents, you know, asking me, Ryan, what's wrong? What what's going on? Why are you why are you so angry? And I didn't I didn't know how to tell them how messed up some of the superiors were during my time there. How I had been in solitary confinement, isolation, how I had been uh, beaten, uh, psychological abuse. Um, how do you tell these things to your parents? So I'm aware that there are parents who are listening to this and there are you know, people who are ex-religious and there are people who have nothing to do with religion <laughs> who are listening to this and I, I'm open to all types of audiences. But um, I think, you know, with, with my case of being abused, I, I, it wasn't sexual abuse. I'll just put that out right away. But still, I, I was a victim of, of repeated abuses, you know, in a different way. But still, as, as a victim, I didn't know how to seek help, how to seek justice, and perhaps I still don't. Maybe that's why I'm doing this podcast. I don't know. People say, oh, you're doing it just for healing, and I don't know. But I just want my story to get out, and I'm hoping that if someone is listening, it can bring some sort of hope or some sort of um, belief that you can climb out of whatever shithole you're in. So to give more uh, context, in this religious community, they would drill in our minds. If you ever leave, you'll be hexed. You'll be cursed. Your family won't be blessed. And you will be a misfit for the rest of your life. God won't have a place for you. So me leaving, uh, when I left, it was very dramatic. It was very it was very hard, but it was, um, I made a, a total break and all those thoughts, you know, just came flooding into my mind that I'm a misfit. I'm not good enough. God will never bless me. And I wanted to die. I, I never tried to take my life. I was never, you know, at that point, you know, of like being suicidal, but I know how it feels and i was just waiting for you know god take my life because in my mind you know they had told me that or they had wired my brain to think that if i were to leave god doesn't want me anymore so i'm thinking you know what the hell is the point of of me leaving you know god 
take my life. You know, I just ended already. It's it's the waste. I'm just here in the corner of my room. Uh, I'm in darkness. I can't help my family. I don't know how to uh, reach out. And then my parents, you know, they try to give me a hug and I push them away because, you know, touch like that was awkward. It's like, you know, get the hell away from me. And I didn't know that I had, I had been going through trauma for me at that time, especially at the beginning of when I left, it was, uh, it was more like what you deserve. You deserve to, uh, go to go through this darkness. And this is your, your way of making amends for the evil of living religious life. And so I'm, I'm going to talk to, uh, the parents of ex-religious, especially from the ex-religious from my group. If you're listening and you have a son or daughter who is going, uh, who's coming out of the religious life, please be patient. Uh, please let them know that you're on their side and hear them out. Listen to them. Uh, in my household, it was so hard because, you know, my parents had been told by the priests and superiors and the mothers, uh, oh, that, you know, he, that your son, oh, he, you know, poor guy, he left in a, you know, bad way. And he, we, we have no idea why he's so moody and why he's like that, you know, you know, just pray for him. And you know, it was all bullshit. You know, they, they know what happened in there. They know what they're hiding. And I think a lot of these things are going to come to light. And for my parents, it was a, a huge confusion. Um, you're listening to priests and, you know, religious people saying that, oh, everything is fine. And then they see me all fucked up. So, so to you, you know, parents or siblings of ex-religious um, especially those who went through abuse, please give them a chance to to share their story. And when they're sharing their story, you need to shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up and listen. Just just listen. And I know that you know you hearing me <laughs> saying some bad words. Some people will probably be, oh my gosh, you know we're scandalized. Well, you know what? Uh, you need to grow up. You need to grow up because this is a story that has to be heard. And when I've tried to share my story with, with friends, you know, or who I thought were friends, uh, what did they do? They said, oh, no, th those things didn't happen to you. Oh, you, you, that religious group, they wouldn't do that. No, they're not like that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't put you through abuse like that or solitary confinement. You're lying. And so, like, if you are a friend or sibling or parent or whatever, just please shut up for a moment and listen. Because for so many years, I had tried to make peace. I had tried to, um, I, I tried to build like a bridge with uh, many of those, of those superiors. And what did they do? They gave me a big fuck you. And, you know, they, they pushed me to the side and um, they kind of, you know, allowed me to dwell on that thought that, you know, God isn't going to bless me and 
I'm going to live in darkness and that's the end of my life. And I, I deserve to die because there's no more hope. There's no more uh, God's love. But um, I was able to climb through that. And I think I'm still climbing. And I want to end it here. But uh, for the conclusion, I just invite you, uh, don't judge people who have left a certain a certain vocation. You know, don't judge because sometimes you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what pains they've gone through. You don't know what journey they've gone through. And uh, just yesterday, I was reading a tweet on Twitter. I, I really enjoy Twitter because there's so much there's so much drama on there. Uh, I was reading this tweet where um, a certain person was saying, you know, please pray for my friend. He had he was a priest for so many years, and he just left his uh, priesthood. And people were in the comments, they were tweeting, oh, he must have left because he wasn't praying, or oh, he must have left because he found a woman and he lost his vocation and he didn't persevere. It's like, you know what, just just shut up. Just shut up and allow, allow the person to live their life. And when they're ready to tell their story, please give that time to listen. Give that time to help them to open up. Um, so please, um, don't be so judgmental on ex-religious who have left so many of us, and I really mean it, so many of us have gone through unimaginable uh, tortures. And it sounds like uh, like prisoners of war type of type of treatment. So please, I'm not trying to approach this with anger or hatred or I'm trying not to have bitterness. But at the same time, I'm trying to be real. And I want for my listeners, whoever you are, and if you're going through some kind of hell or some kind of thoughts that, oh, I'm not good enough, that those thoughts that they put into our minds, that that's all bullshit. That God, I believe that if there is a God, and I do believe that there is a God, I believe that He's more powerful than all of my mess-ups. He's more powerful than all of my mistakes and failures and sufferings. And I do want to hold on. But if you keep on, you know, pushing us aside saying, oh, you're good for nothing. Oh, you know, you don't, you're not going to be blessed. Then that's not going to really help anybody. So please um, pray for me as I continue in my journey. And I'll pray for you, uh, the listener, um, or if you're a parent of a religious, an ex-religious, or if you're a parent of someone who's in there, you know, I, I pray for you that you have the strength and the wisdom to do what is right and to say what is right. Because so often... So often we remain silent and allow all this bullshit to just go under the, under the rug. Well, I think it's time to uh, get that bullshit out of the house and uh, allow it to be in the open. So that's what I'm doing. And as I said, I'm not trying to do this from anger or hatred. I'm just trying to do it out of love. And my goal, my mission is to bring hope uh, to everyone. Uh, the most hopeless because I was at the point of almost committing suicide and 
you know, by God's grace and by really pushing myself and having good uh, a foundation, you know, my family and friends, you know, coming to support me. Uh, I'm here today uh, sharing my story. So thank you for listening. Uh, and you'll be hearing more from me soon. God bless.